0: Welcome to Good Faith Reads. I'm your host, Callie Chisholm, and Ernest C. Hines, Jr., intern at Good Faith Media. Good Faith Reads is a short podcast released twice a month in which we focus on one of our book authors at Good Faith Media. we published more than 100 titles under our Nurturing Faith book imprint, and we invite you to check them out at slash bookstore. Today's guest is Doug Dorch, author of A Time to Every Purpose. He is joining us remotely from Birmingham, Alabama. Doug, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks. It's good to be with you.
0: So could you start off by summarizing your book for our listeners?
1: Yeah, I'd be happy to. I, uh, I call the book a combination devotional guide, homiletical commentary, and the reason I gave it the title, A Time to Every Purpose, of course, the passage from Ecclesiastes, is because I deal with the various texts that coincide with uh, each of the Sundays during the Christian year. I begin with Advent in late November and December, go through the rest of the seasons, Christmas, Epiphany, Lent, Easter, Pentecost, and um, in total there are 54 lessons. I know there are 52 weeks in the year, but because of how the liturgical calendar works, um, Epiphany, for example, uh, has more Sundays than you actually may observe in a particular year. And, and so I decided that I would deal with all of those texts, and, uh, and the book reflects that.
0: Great. So you write about how you were approached by friends, members of your congregation to pursue this project. Could you share how this project came about?
1: Yeah, I... Uh, We have a member of our church, a retired Marine colonel, who came to me one day with the idea of doing something that uh, he thought might be of benefit to military chaplains. They are, like like all preachers, always on the lookout for sermon ideas, and and this particular member had uh, led a previous effort in our church to publish a series of works by our theologian in residence at the time, Bill Hull, whose name is, of course, very familiar to uh, people in moderate Baptist life. Dr. Hull did a series of books that our church published, and uh, this member then uh, sent uh, books in that series to military chaplains, and uh, those books were so well received that he thought, well, you know, maybe there's something else that we can do to support their efforts, and so he came to me. I had been doing a series of sermon previews prior to each Sunday's worship, just a couple of paragraphs to prepare the congregation for what the worship theme would be and and how the sermon would fit with that, and And he really enjoyed those previews, and he thought, well, maybe you can bring the previews together into some kind of book that we can pass on to these chaplains who are always looking for preaching ideas. And, of course, I'm somewhat familiar with uh, the chaplaincy ministry. Uh, I myself have not served in that capacity, but I have a number of friends and, and former congregants, who have been military chaplains, and I know that, uh, you know, they have responsibility for the spiritual care of soldiers across the denominational spectrum. They're not just Baptist chaplains or Catholic chaplains, and so I thought, well, you know, they probably base their worship on the lectionary. It might be a good idea to expand the previews so that they include all of the readings the lectionary readings for a given Sunday in the Christian year. And I'd already, over the course of my ministry, uh, preached from many of those texts. And so, you know, I had a a reservoir of material that I could use in, uh, in the project.
0: Mm-hmm. So you mentioned this already, but I'd like to hear a little bit more about uh, your desired audience for this book. You talk about military chaplains, but is there are there any other groups that you'd like to reach with this book?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the book began as an effort to support uh, the work of military chaplains. But, uh, you know, I, I knew that in order for it to have a wider reach and to appeal to more people, uh, it would be good if I could also uh, write it from the standpoint of a devotional guide. I thought about members of our church uh, who would have interest in a book like this and members of past church and churches that I'd served. In, and, and you know just others who are looking for some support in their faith journeys and, and who might have, you know, a liturgical bent or at least some inclination to follow the rhythms of the Christian calendar. And so, yeah, it started out as, okay, let's see if I can help these chaplains come up with some preaching ideas. But while we're doing that, uh, for the rest of the Christian community, are, are there any ways in which we might offer some
0: support to them? We'll be right back in 30 seconds with more of Good Faith Reads.
1: Lot Carey is proud to bring you conversations with some of the best and brightest pastors coast to coast. Our new podcast, Pilgrimages of Striving and Thriving, delivers wisdom from the Black church for the whole church. Find us wherever you get your podcast or listen online at lotcarry.org. That's L-O-T-T-C-A-R-E-Y dot org. We look forward to the pilgrimage with you.
0: Welcome back to Good Faith Reads. Today we're joined remotely by Doug Dorch, author of the Good Faith Media book, A Time to Every Purpose. I'm Callie Chisholm, Ernest C. Hines, Jr., intern of Good Faith Media. Doug, I'd like to hear about how you organized all these devotionals and what the process was like of putting it together, and if you had any challenges that you had to work through.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, there, there were some challenges. Uh, I, I've been a lectionary preacher off and on for over 40 years. I don't, I don't follow uh, the lectionary slavishly or I'm not bound by it, Uh, but um, I have spent seasons where I have utilized the lectionary and appealed to those rhythms that I think uh, benefit the worship of the church, and so I had a lot of material. I had a lot of material, but again, the, the purpose of the book was to uh, offer um, readers uh, some common theme that might be derived from all of the readings on a given Sunday. There, there, are, there are four options in uh, the lectionary for each Sunday, uh, Old Testament reading, Gospel reading, Epistle or New Testament reading, and the and selection from the Psalter, the Psalms. And um, even though I'd been preaching the lectionary, I had, I had never, never to my knowledge have I ever preached a sermon where I've utilized all four of the text. I said, okay, I'm going to preach from the Old Testament lesson or the Epistle lesson or the Gospel lesson or the Psalm uh, for the Sunday. But, uh, but what I wanted to do here was to try to Try to identify a thread, a spiritual thread that might hold these readings together, and and so that 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 took me a while. And then, of course, the the lectionary follows a three year cycle, and um, I, I selected year A because um, during the year that uh, I was preparing uh, these devotions. Um, We were coming up on year A. We were in year C, and I thought, well, that might be good for me to uh, go ahead and kind of uh, get ahead in that respect so that it might have uh, more utility for readers as we were moving into that year. And um, so all of that together uh, consumed a lot of my time. You know, when you think about everything else, i I do as a pastor. That that was one more thing. But I found it to, to be a life-giving thing for me, and um, I, I pray it has been that for, for the readers.
0: This is more of a follow-up question, but I'm curious to know how you juggle everything that all of your responsibilities, and how you found time to write. How did you organize your time?
1: Well, um, I'm I'm I try to be a pretty organized person. Um, When I first began as a pastor, I will confess that I at times felt like I was flying by the seat of my pants, but it became apparent to me pretty quickly that uh, I couldn't sustain that approach to ministry because of the demands, uh, the preaching, teaching demand, the administrative demand, and of course, the pastoral care demand, all of which are important to ministerial effectiveness. And so, you know, I would, I would carve time out uh, in the evenings or early in the morning. I'm an early morning person. And I found that uh, if I could uh, dedicate uh, time uh, early in the day, uh, I, could, uh, I could get this work done without sacrificing other work that I needed to do.
0: That's great. And you've mentioned the lectionary a lot in our conversation so far. Um, For those that may not know, could you talk a little bit more about what the lectionary is and maybe share some of that history with us?
1: Yeah, the Baptist among us may not be familiar with what I'm talking about when I use that phrase lectionary. I I grew up in a rural uh, West Alabama Baptist church. I had no idea what the lectionary was until I Went to seminary and 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 learned that uh, from the church's inception, Christian worship uh, has been based on synagogue worship, Jewish synagogue worship, and um, and so in synagogue worship, um, think of Jesus reading the lesson at Nazareth when eventually they ran him out of town. Use the Isaiah passage: the "Spirit of the Lord is upon me," and then, and then offered an exposition that that was synagogue-based worship. And at that time, um, synagogue worship involved a reading from uh, the Torah or the Law, um, and uh, also a, a, a reading from uh, the prophets. and um, And Christian worship followed that pattern. Uh, In its early stages, the New Testament was being written. There were were no gospels, uh, no letters from Paul that were considered scripture that that would come around later. And and so, by about the fourth century in the Christian era, church leaders came together and uh, decided that um, it would be important, for the worship life of the church to add gospel readings and New Testament readings as a way of commemorating the grand narrative of God's redemption story. And, um, and in the last century, in, in the 20th century, um, Protestant uh, denominational leaders came together to... Uh, to develop what's been called a revised common lectionary uh, that has become the standard in protestant life the, the roman catholic church and the orthodox church have their own lectionaries which, which don't vary much from the revised common lectionary but but um, as a as a baptist and and as one steeped in the Protestant tradition, I, I have always followed the Revised Common Lectionary in my own devotion life. I had a dear colleague in a previous church, an Episcopal priest, who gave me a copy of the Book of Common Prayer. And so that that has been a, a formative influence in my life. And so I was using the Revised Common Lectionary. and um, And so it just it it became a way for me to organize this material in a way that um, was kind of true to my own heart, but I also hope that um, the manner in which I've organized this devotional guide might awaken uh, other Christians, readers, uh, who might not, know about the lectionary might enable them to consider the possibilities of some uh, rhythmic uh, flow to their own faith journeys. Mm -hmm. One one that's consistent with the larger Christian community, not just our sectarian impulses as Baptists, which I get. It's part of who I am, but... uh, I also want to uh, be able to have a foot in the larger Christian world.
0: Hmm. An important note to all of our listeners, we at Good Faith Media are always accepting book proposals. Our authors engage with an experienced team of editors, designers, and marketers to produce and sell books on a variety of topics. If you have a book proposal you'd like to run by us, head on over to goodfaithmedia.org bookstore for more information. That's goodfaithmedia.org bookstore. So Doug, now I would wonder if you could read for us a passage from this book that you think is critical for listeners to hear, whether because you think it represents the whole book or whether because it's re- just relevant for the times that we're in now.
1: Sure, I'd be happy to. I'm going to read a selection from uh, The 15th Sunday in Ordinary Time, which fell uh, this past Sunday. This represents um, my approach in these devotions, and uh, uh, I hope some might find this uh, intriguing and and edifying. This this comes from a devotion titled, Giving Others What They Don't Deserve. Hmm. What's the best gift you've ever given someone? That's not a question we get asked very often. Most of the time, we're asked about the best gift anyone has ever given us. That's because for most of us, we're the center of the universe, or so we think. We see things in terms of how they benefit us. We assess situations from the standpoint of how we might leverage them to our advantage, but rarely. Do we pause to reflect on what we can do to promote the interest of others? And when we do stop to think about why we're so mired in self interest, we excuse our callousness and insensitivity by telling ourselves that we're only human as if our fallibility was something virtuous instead of sinful. You don't have to read the Bible very long to get to the parts where the human story is painted with self-centeredness and insensitivity toward others, even though neither of those characteristics is what the Bible means when it says that each of us, male and female, was created in the image of God from Adam and Eve's apple to Cain's anger against Abel, to Lamech's boast of avenging his enemies 70 times 7, the wheels to the bus that is bound for glory come off completely until Jesus shows up to put everything and everyone back together again.
0: Our guest today on Good Faith Reads has been Doug Dorch, author of A Time to Every Purpose. The book, along with more than a hundred other titles, is available at goodfaithmedia.org/bookstore. Doug, we appreciate you being our guest today.
1: Thank you so very much, Callie. It's been a pleasure.